one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to the SmackDown preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by Michael Hamplet from What Culture. We are two thirds of the Dadly Boys yeah. of What Culture here to look at tonight's episode of Friday Night SmackDown. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Where we're not going to review SmackDown, but also blah, blah, blah. the show formerly known as NXT Two Point. Oh, AW Dynamite, AW Collision, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete. With a big quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, they're joined by Hamlet's look ahead to SmackDown tonight. I've missed this. Yeah, it's just occurred to me now in your intro. Uh, the first time I've heard, like, the singular version of this thing that's been wonderful to watch your workshop this week as you've come back in the office. Like, watching you wrap your head around how to, A, change the intro anyway, but B, fold yourself in. As our Spike Dudley into this. I still haven't been inducted properly, I don't think. I haven't had the, uh, in, what's the, not, I, want to, I keep wanting to say hazing, and that's the wrong terminology. We don't do the hazing, your kid does. Yeah. Like, you went home on, like, your dad's have a lunch break and you got shit all over you. That's, <laughs> the, that's, that's the hazing. And, like, one day, it won't be literal shit, it'll be figurative shit, because your emotions will be in a pile of shit. Because this is where it goes, we tried to warn you. Yeah. Look, can't wait to meet little Eric. But, like, yeah, it got me thinking when you said that, like, it's great, right? Because, yeah, like with the, like the Dadly dynasty that is unfolding uh-huh. before us, you know, and like Eric could be the first, but he might not be the last. Who knows, right? Right now, let me it see. He's for now. Bloody yeah. hell. Let me see. Yeah, that's, that's what I always say. Yeah. <laughs> I got mine at the end. Like, I'll go in order. Um, what have we got? Charlie. James. Joshua. Charlotte. Eric. And there might that, yet be one more. That's that right, your favourites? <laughs> yeah. I've not even met James, but I bet that would work out actually. Um, <laughs> like, so that's that's the order of the ages, right? Yeah. Like, it's great. We've got this little dynasty of like hypothetically, you know, in some sort of like secession plan, we've got a minimum of five. We've pos- got a Survivor Series team. We've got a Survivor. Oh my god, we've got a Survivor Series team. We've got uh, like basically podcast substitutes that will eventually replace us, <laughs> and we've got progenies that are all superior at their jobs, at our jobs already, than Shane McMahon ever was at his yeah. family empire's jobs. So we're kind of like, in this week where, for the first time ever, we're recording a rest, uh, a review of a wrestling show that isn't a McMahon family-produced one. Ooh. We are more in the family way than ever. Did I week. see something that say Vince might have control of UFC decisions now as oh, well? Right, so like this That's is... That's hilarious. It's a weird thing, all of this, because, like, we'll talk about this, because we've only got two things to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Don't we? Like, this takeover stuff is... I get that the by the letter of the law, like as of September the twelfth, it's now TKO. Mm-hmm. It's not uh, what was it like Titan Sports, WWE yeah. Incorporated, whatever. And that was all McMahon, McMahon since forever. So I get that it's not that, but let us not forget that around the formation of TKO, that dickhead USC guy was like, "Well, I want Vince." Mm-hmm. So he's both not involved and more involved than he was from when he resigned in disgrace. It's a real. 
Would you believe it? Vince McMahon has slipped into a grey area. I can't believe that he has... <laughs> that's never got him out of trouble in the past. Like, yet again, he's... Well, his hair hasn't slipped into a grey area. No. <laughs> no, he's I've seen that TKO. I mean, anyway, Jesus yeah. Christ. Like, he decided to get his hair... He looks the most like J. Jonah Jameson I've ever seen. <laughs> his hair, tash, jacket and tie were dyed the same colour for that picture. <laughs> like, aye, it's... So he is and he isn't, like, attached to all this. Mm. There was an uneasy sense around the Zoom call changes that were made to Monday Night Raw. And what's really lame about that, right? Uh, look, I'm not a I'm a I'm a kind of I'm somewhere in the middle right now on the game Triple H, the Al King of Kings, the ass kicker. Because he's the book of um, it's not a book of the year, sure Michael's a book. He's of the second year. in the Book of the Year chart for twenty twenty three as of right now. And I've you know, and like I'd say this is in the room. And Booker T's third. <laughs> We've had debates on, you know, the the value of Triple H as this chief of creative and I would Defend him quite a lot in this role, despite never really liking all but one year of his wrestling career. Mm. So my feelings are mixed on Triple H. But I think when you see now Triple H having to pretend... Well, this is the way I like it, actually. Mm. So when these reports get leaked, loads of changes at Raw the day before the big takeover. Vince McMahon got in on Zoom and he changed this and he changed this and he changed this and you're reading it going, oh, God. And then there's that little line at the end from whoever's feeding this, whoever the source is, going, Triple H was said to be really happy with him. Well, no... <laughs> because like what's he gonna do like he's not gonna be like Triple H was said to be like knocking over his laptop as soon yeah. as he closed the lid like he's not gonna publicly be seen to be enraged with dad getting on the blower and saying all these things that like people evidently quite like and businesses up change that change mm. that change that change that it's frustrating as a fan to feel like a year plus in July 2022 mm. a year plus in with loads of objective metrics that more that WWE has done is been good than bad absolutely based on its fan base and as somebody that considers himself part of that fan base i've been relatively satisfied with WWE for the majority of the triple h run yeah it's frustrating to see what damage vince mcmahon could do yeah Sidge isn't in the room so i'm going to say this for him they are not as different as people think they are not i i i agree with that but they're different enough that i believe you can see pretty big differences yes it's frustrating that vince is going to do whatever vince does and the guy that you would rather be in the chair is kind of there giving him a round of applause for it. Mm. You would expect Bruce Pritchard or Kevin Dunn to write, good changes, boss. Good stuff. Even Paul Heyman, you would expect him to slither around saying they're good changes and be like, that's really good. I'll take the Roman stuff, you got the rest. Yeah. Like, I, I could see that, but it's kind of frustrating that the guy that you think would probably be best left alone has to pretend that this is good. Mm. I don't know the UFC equivalents. I don't know who sits in those roles. And I don't like... Petitas and, and Dana off the top of my head. It's so that, weird, that isn't was it? Very, that's very a few years back. I haven't really kept some... My, I've never had the frame of reference that you've got, but it was always impressive to me that when UFC really started to boom mid to late 2000s, any of the... So I was kind of like drawn in by Brock and Ronda and select other star mm. fighters, big names. Like, you would watch the little video packages or the, the promos or you would see the apparent heat between the two fighters before on the night when they shake hands afterwards and everything is fine. It was amazing to see what had been borrowed from pro wrestling. Yeah. The pro wrestling simply wasn't doing very well anymore in the mid-2000s yeah. when like they when Vince first got the Monopoly. And you say, well, oh, we'll just take that, 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 and that. And then it was natural that so many people slid over, including the wrestlers themselves. That was the era of Austin and Undertaker and Jim Ross and everybody always being rings, like, yeah, at, yeah, yeah. At, the, at the venue for it and stuff. And then, like, you get into the the era where they've both just got loads of money. Like, they've both kind of won, in inverted commas, mm -hmm. ugly as it was. And now, it kind of, I don't know if this is, correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, it sort of feels like UFC 
fell into the same holding pattern WWE did when they were at their most negligent. Like, UFC always does well. Like, it proved that that pay-per-view nonsense about, like, it's a dead industry, bollocks. Mm. The UFC proved that wrong. But I feel like I'm a good barometer of how well UFC is doing because of how good they are at, like, finding stars that penetrate yes. the UFC bubble. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like there's been many in a while. Like, you or Nicholas will send me, you've got to see this fighter's story. And then I'll watch that one fight, and it might be great. And then kind of I don't hear about them again, or they might lose the next one, and you struggle to see the fighters build the momentum. Conor McGregor was probably the last one, oh. and he's a pretty, you know, like detestable figure from what little Always I know. Have a place in my heart, that man. Well, like, I watched the build. Yeah. I remember thinking, well, here's the next guy. Like, here it we was amazing. go. It was amazing for a while that UFC was better at creating stars than WWE, and they had no control over the results. That That is exactly it. Like, thank you for summing up what I couldn't in about, like, 400 words there. It is odd to me now that the way that WWE's business is booming across every metric, that somebody within that Endeavor TKO group might say to whoever's got that, I know it's not really Dana White, but whoever's got that chair in USC, look, you kind of need to copy their homework. <laughs> like, and it shouldn't be Vince whose homework they're copying, mm. but it is odd that that might have to be, have you seen the building? Like, we do these pay-per-views, however often we do them, they're selling out these buildings twice a week. Yeah. Like, we don't do stadium shows like WWE does stadium shows. We need to have, like, and if, if you're a UFC fan, that must put dread in the pity or something because there's always been that. Like, when it's, it's never worked both ways, is it? I think wrestling fans kind of in Britain, like, they helped bolster UFC's popularity. Yeah. Like, lapsed wrestling fans that pivoted to UFC, you would have been one you of saw, them. Yeah, you like, saw someone like a Chael Sonnen. I'll never forget Chael Sonnen. He was wanting to fight uh, Anderson Silva, who's this just unbelievable, uh, unstoppable, uh, I'm going to get this wrong, I'm going to say middleweight champion, right? And if he had one fight, and he said, they said, like, oh, how was the fight, Chelsea? He got the mic and he said, Anderson Silva, you absolutely suck, <laughs> right? And he said, I want to fight you, basically. And he said, I want to fight you. And this is the most WWE or wrestling thing ever, pro wrestling thing ever. He said, I want to fight you for the title. So you put your belt on the line. If you win, I, you know, if I win, I become champion. If you win, I will leave the <laughs> UFC forever. Brilliant. Amazing. Yeah. Win or retire in a real sport. Great. Um, I just feel like there was always... He, he lost and he didn't leave, by the way. Of course I didn't know. And again, keeping the pro wrestling tradition alive. I kind of feel like wrestling fans embraced a lot of that. Like, I remember the Ultimate Fighter being huge for oh. that. And I, I remember how excited I used to get getting up early in the morning um, to watch... Definitely legally, shut up. The, uh, <laughs> the Ronda Rousey run. Yeah. Like unmissable for me, like mm -hmm. and I like I would dread getting spoilers, uh, like like hands in the like over the years all day like, uh, until I got the the card and then I would skim through these fights I didn't want to watch until Rousey was up. <laughs> Amazing! It never felt like it went that way the other way, and I kind of love that when Brock got in because Brock was there and he wasn't he was anything but my guy. He hated wrestling fundamentally, but he was kind of my guy because the USC fans hated him. Yeah, it's like why this guy kicks ass, and it was like well because he's got wrestling background he's got a WWE background that's fake this is real whatever and it's it's never gone both ways has it like the no. UFC like the hardcore UFC fans have always really resented wrestling you can even hear it in the commentary of the CM Punk fights when like one of the commentators I forget who insists on calling him Phil yeah it's like he's not a fake wrestling character this is real like so there's a bit of resentment there like that Brock would get booed would be all this sort of like the overlap never worked both ways so I look at this thing, and I just think of it as, ah, it's a bit like the first time I got to play Sonic on a Nintendo Switch. Weird, but fine. They'll be looking at it. 
raging, kicking like like those videos you see when somebody's team loses the Super Bowl and they smash their like <laughs> smash their flat screen or whatever. They're like, oh, like the UFC and WWE logos coming together. I'm furious. No, <laughs> you see that clip of the uh, the people in the bar the other day. So Aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Hmm. Uh, he's twilight of his career now. He's just signed for the New York Jets. And a bar had this promotion where they said, like, um, as long as Aaron Rodgers starts, he has to start. If the Jets lose, you don't have to pay your tab or whatever, right? So the match the, the, the match starts. I can't remember who they were playing. Mm-hmm. I do apologize to more hardcore American football fans than I am. I saw it was at MetLife. Yes. And Rodgers' season's already over. I can't remember what he did. Uh, MCL, whatever it is. He completely blew out his knee or mm. something along those lines, right? So, obviously, all the Jets fans or people in that bar are like, well, that's rubbish, but let's get wasted because, you know, free drinks on the best quarterback, you know, is is out for the match. (laughs) Jets won it in overtime. Everyone's like, yeah, (laughs) I have to play that tab now. I'll find you the clip. There's a bloke reporting from the bar and you see half the people who are Jets fans are going, yeah, let's go Jets. And other people going, I'm going to have to remortgage my house. What what are we going to? Why are we getting trebles? This isn't um, Rafferty's in Newcastle. Christmas yeah, we'll always we'll always have the night after money in the bank. Oh god. Remember? Yeah. That was really great. That's five in the morning, was it we got back to yours? Yeah. No, five, five four in the morning we left the club. So yeah, maybe like half <laughs> we five. We walked so. back and it was a oh. yeah. Hang on. Oh my god. Yeah. I think now. Christmas party is probably the next big one for me. Yeah. And when I say big. Christmas party. Remember right, when I look. carried you home that year? Oh man, yeah. Uno reverse. Well, no, well no, I don't. But yeah. <laughs> like, you've you told me the story of it. Um Quick one, again, only two things to preview on SmackDown. Uh, Will Bond goes, ah, I think the Christmas party is the next one for me just then. First thing, first day back Tuesday morning. Right, guys, when we're booking the Christmas party, like with all the enthusiasm, somebody that's just had a baby. Yep. The one guilt-free night that you can definitely put in the calendar as a new dad. a hotel, by the way, for that one. Yeah. Never been roomies before in a hotel. <laughs> Get in. Uh, anyway, SmackDown. Yeah, two John, things. Uh, d- 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 I've, I've sort of, you know... Been out of the loop, but kept kept my eye in. Mm-hmm. John Cena's back. It sure is. He's on the Grace and Water effect. We sort of got a sneak peek at this at Money in the Bank, of course. Yeah, he's um, well, he's basically a scab who's getting away of with course, it. Of course, yeah. So the SAG-AFRA strikes continue in earnest, and John Cena could be, if you were, for example, say Natasha Leone, uh filling in a uh, New York Times crossword puzzle for however many thousands of dollars it is with you to contribute to the lost wages and benefits of the all the staff that are on strike bravely. You could be uh, David Cross and watch your boy off Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, I forgot his name. Oh, uh, yes. Who uh, would go to dinner with you, I think, for like $1,000. Um, I saw one that was, what's her name, off Girls. Girls was good. Such a good show. Um, Alison... No, she was the actor and director. It, people are screaming it. They're shouting yeah. Sin Car at the podcast as we speak. There was Bob, Bob Odenkirk. Bob Odenkirk, thank you very much. Um, hers was, I will paint a mural in your house, right? So it's like... Lena Dunham? Lena Dunham. Like, stars on strike doing really expensive cameos of fun things to put money back in the pot during this very difficult time for the strike. What do we say about wrestling existing in the grey area? John Cena's basically going back to full-time work. <laughs> got a bow tie on and a cap, and he was doing, like, backstage interviews at Payback or whatever it was. Full-time work, new merch range, like, few extra million in the bank this year. This will be one of his richest earning years. Yeah. Like, the, we're on strike, right? <laughs> so, But he's not a scab because he's an independent contractor for WWE. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, 
you know. So he's back anyway. Um, an eight-week run or something. It's big. It is big. Oh, like absolutely. You, you can do business here. Uh, not least because the Austin Theory thing's out of the way, so you might actually get somebody over. Like, <laughs> and Grayson Waller is... Uh, Austin Theory, but good. Well, it's funny you say that. Your me and Sidney in the SmackDown review on Monday, and you remember that flowchart that somebody made of um, starters for Triple H, and then you've got like Scottish Triple H, Drew McIntyre, then you've got like Goth Triple H, Alistair Black, and then you've got Indie Triple H, Adam Cole, and then you've got um, Gimmick Triple H, Bobby Roode, and it just keeps going on and on, like Samoan Triple H, Roman Reigns, yeah, uh, whatever it was, like emo punk Triple H, Seth Rollins, and on and on it goes, long-haired guys with beards, like in the mold of a Triple H in some capacity, da 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 like... I kind of felt like I was watching like lame bland guys that you're not sure if you like or don't <laughs> want. When you had LA Knight setting up his feud with the Maze, getting interrupted by Austin Theory, Grayson Waller, yeah. I was like, hey, there's too many Spider Men. <laughs> like, this is, like and I, you need to be careful because you're going to kind of accidentally tar them all with the same brush here. I, it's, it's Grayson Waller and Cena were great together at Money in the Bank. Oh, they were so good. And it's one I, of my favourite nights of the year, that. Oh, it was good. Like, we like the show more than anybody else on earth, I think, because we were having a great time at watching it at normal time and going do, out. Do afterwards. not let them um, let let me record the best shows of the year um, voiceover because I will change the order and put that number one. Please do. I remember the fights you caused online by saying it was better than Fabinho. You were correct, but I remember the fights you. Uh, I remember the fights you started. It was so funny because I just tweeted it and forgot it, and we went. I got smashed, and I got home, and I was people like, few oh, people are uh, really angry." Aye, <laughs> um, so. They had good chemistry at Money in the Bank. I expect them to have good chemistry here. Grayson Waller, and I love this, and there's been a few wrestlers that have done this lately, LA Knight included, uh, will show, I don't know what the word would be, they would show like a bit of contrition to John Cena, but they won't just fawn over him in the way that every healing babyface was expected to, I don't know, the APA or whatever, back in the old days. Mm. Like, I like to think Roy's Triple X was the moment where you had, obviously, The Undertaker, and, you know, it's all very sad now, but, yeah. like, there was seen to be, like, a torch-passing thing with him and Bray Wyatt, but especially DX and Imperium. Yes. One after another after another, actually, there are people say they're scared of the current roster. So it should be, right? Should have been like that for years, yeah. Yeah. It feels like we're headed in that direction, and I'd like to think John Cena understands that's where his value lies, because he did another one of his, it's called a promo kid, to try and cut it to Austin Theory, and yet again, that failed. It didn't work for Roman Reigns in 2017. Nope. Didn't work for Baron Corbin, same year, I think. And it certainly didn't work for Austin Theory. This is not a method where John Cena helps. And you'd have to think, for eight weeks, he could help. And I'm not suggesting Grayson Waller pins. Maybe he does, right? And maybe they have a match. I'm not suggesting the end of all this is Grayson Waller pins John Cena. But it does sort of feel like an opportunity to, like it was with LA Knight, have LA Knight come out and say it. Yeah, like, Cena was great once, but I'm not going to bend over for him anymore and, like, say, oh, like, bend over, we're not worthy, we're not worthy, I'm LA Knight. Like, sorry, John, your time has passed, this is my time. I hope Grayson Waller's given a similar amount of, um, like, sort of dignity yeah. to be able to preserve about his character to do the same for Cena. Yeah, do you think, big picture, you know, uh, what is it, what's the next one? Fastlane. Yeah. Up next. Do you think this is working towards a, a Grayson Waller-John Cena match? Or is this Grayson Waller riles up John Cena to say, I don't think LA Knight's actually that good, and that's what we're going for. I know they've done the visual of LA Knight and John Cena, the arm being raised, but they d I quite liked the the friction between the two of them, and I think it would be far more beneficial for LA Knight that he you know, you know, know, goes back and forth toe-to-toe -to -toe with, with, with Cena on the mic and then beats him in a match. It's... 
I it doesn't have to be your, your, your you know face heel dynamic so much. No, either. and we've got LA Knight in the Miz tonight, which I guess we'll get to. That it's going to be kind of done and dusted. Do we have? We can talk about it right now. LA Knight beats the Miz in a payback rematch. Yes, done. done right. So that's yeah, and it's not going to be very good, just like the payback match wasn't. So we're done with that. But they believe them, and I get this as well. I think the Miz has been excellent in this feud, but they believe him to be an important hurdle, a proving ground, whatever. And this is LA, kind of like you've got to do the. Like, what's the one you like about like you got to eat vegetables, haven't you? Mm-hmm, yeah. Like, and that's kind of what's happening here. So that's done for them too. And then yeah, Ellie Knight and John Cena is interesting. I don't think the match would be particularly great, but like you could you could visualize Cena losing to Ellie Knight and it mattering as long as again he doesn't just try and eviscerate him in the ring. WWR seeming to enjoy testing Ellie Knight. Mm-hmm. And the thing is about this Ellie Knight, the trials of Ellie Knight. I guess we're on at the moment. He featured in a segment with Paul Heyman last week, which is kind of an unofficial folding him into the bloodline for the first time, right? And, like, there was a lot of this on SmackDown last week. Considering how little is advertised for this week, there was a lot of overlapping motivations mm-hmm. of various different characters because the bloodline are ostensibly finished. So every... So in storyline, I'm not trying to okay. rile you yet. Okay. The bloodline are ostensibly finished because you've got Jimmy Uso, this loser clown, being like, I'm back in! And Solo... You're not going to get many arguments from me about and that one. And Solo and Paul Heyman that can't carry the gimmick without Roman Reigns being there. So they're looking finished in storyline terms, and that's why the Judgment Day are like, we're the best now. We're like, it's not even an argument, we're the best. And then they kind of like help Jimmy Uso at the end by beating a page style, almost in a patronising way. Mm. We've got you. Yeah, hair ruffling, like, imagine hair ruffling the bloodline six months ago. That's <laughs> what they're doing now. Meanwhile, Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits be like, <laughs> Dennis Nedry, uh-uh-uh, not that easy, we're in charge, or whatever. Like, you can have a load of groups and teams and wrestlers, LA Knight included, that are going to say, yeah, they are finished, and now the, that spot is wide open. And hang on, John Cena's returned. The, the spot was wide open. <laughs> Somebody's got to step in and take yeah. that spot. I have another pitch for you, and it's a big one, because my faith in the trade compensation idea was shaken a little bit by this week's Raw. I had a feeling they were going to do something a bit cuter with it. I thought it wasn't going to be the obvious, and I thought somebody was going to leave Raw that would make people angrier with Cody Rhodes than they already are for bringing Jey Uso back yes. into the locker room. Sami Zayn was one for me. The one guy that welcomed Jey Uso. The one guy that keeps people together. You saw how angry Kevin Owens was on Raw on Monday. Sami Zayn would be able to keep that peace. Mm-hmm. And then SmackDown go, we're having him now. So you've got like, Owens is pretty knocked with Cody Rhodes. Well, my mate's gone. Like, and, he, and he's left me in the lurch. That creates tension between those two. Jey Uso was like, it's lovely to be here, Cody, but like, it was really helpful having Sami Zayn around. Like, he was kind of my ace steel in this very clear <laughs> allegorical storyline that they're doing on Raw. Like, so I thought that was where they were going. I kind of changed my mind on Raw. I think they're going Route 1. At payback, the Grayson Waller effect with Cody Rhodes introduced Jey Uso back into the storylines. I think the Grayson Waller effect with John Cena is going to be Grayson Waller being a bit of a cynical prick, introducing that SmackDown would like to announce who it has traded. (gasps) Cody Rhodes. And on the night, Cody's like, I know what you're doing, Grayson. But like me and John are cool. There's absolutely no problems here. And then Grayson Waller gets his ass kicked. And Cody Rhodes and John Cena team up, let's say, on SmackDown next week in a huge all-star main event. Gets a massive number. Cody Rhodes and uh, John Cena versus Grayson Waller and Austin Theory. Yeah. A WrestleMania rematch and a first-time tag match all in one. And the babyfaces get the win, but it's to build Cody Rhodes versus John Cena of the climax of this John Cena eight-week run. Okay. And you get, like, I like that. start them as baby faces, maybe, but have, like, tension build over time. And it just feels like Grayson Waller's been in the mix mm. of all this. 
And I, I do believe Cody will be the, the trade. I love the Miller picture of it being Jade Cargill, but we might that might be too long a wait. Mm. So I, I'm thinking Cody shows up tonight as a surprise. Great, that, great that, shout. That Raw segment was too weak. <laughs> like <laughs> I know that I'm watching a company trying their hardest to just get by week after week of not giving Cody loads to do, mm. but Raw was it was too little. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be Big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Well, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Not you, Nelly. Save you for NXT. <laughs> Um, uh, bloodline podcast comes to YouTube soon. <laughs> bloodline, uh, a sort of bloodline judgment day potential alliance on the cards. Bloodgement day. Jimmy Uso uh, and obviously AJ Styles in the main event last week. Jimmy Uso having no idea what his character motivation is. To be perfectly honest, right mm-hmm. now, um, and yeah, question marks being raised about the overarching bloodline storyline. Sucks, mate. I'm sorry. Sucks. The Jimmy Uso, for, were, we, were you still here when I was like, I hugely put over when Jimmy Uso left? No, he, I don't think so. He calls, oh, no, maybe that was, that was a prior last podcast. He calls Jimmy that back. That was. Yeah, he calls Jimmy back for the hug and he super kicks him. Oh, that's, that's great. Yeah, that was the Monday, wasn't yeah. it? You were, yeah. So like, that was the last thing we talked about. I thought, great, right? Here we are. Eric's a month old. Jay Uso's already back. <laughs> Jimmy's a dickhead, right? Jay Uso, I have no issue with him coming back. By love the way, it, so fast. love it. There are two sides to this story. Is he not CM Punk coming back nine days after? Nine days no. after? Well, eight days, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, eight, eight yeah. days later. Um, aye, this is Ray and Dom being on different brands to get into WrestleMania. I will stand corrected like I'm in orthopedic shoes because I think they're going to get Jimmy and Jay to WrestleMania with this method. Yep. I think the first time you're going to see them together is in war games when they take opposite sides. Oh my God. I think the folding in of the blood, like the Judgment Day have got tag belts, so they're allowed on both brands. And I think that's been done tactically to allow, I know anyone can work any brand, but go with me. Yeah. Tactically to basically have them mix in on SmackDown and be like, we're in charge. But basically what it does is it creates a clear 
heel unit of, let's say, Priest, Balor, J.D. McDonough, Jimmy Uso, and Solo Sokoa. Like a bit of a super group for the heel side of war games. Paul Heyman and Dominic Mysterio as the two mouthpieces. Yeah. To take on a babyface version of that that also crosses a brand. So you've got, like... Cody, who's since moved to SmackDown, let's say, but he's like, oh, great, I get to, like, ch- team with Sammy and Kevin there in it. And, like, we're going to have to use Jay. We need Jay Uso mm-hmm. for war games. And, like, that match, by the way, is where you set up Sammy versus Kevin for WrestleMania because this time last year at war games, Sammy chose Jay over Kevin. Oh, my God. Kevin Owens is going to remember. And you've got Jimmy and Jay in war games. So imagine them being the last two out of their separate cages. You've got them staring at each other through the bars. They're finally going to get at one another, all that kind of thing. And I think that's how you do all this delaying stuff. But spinning the wheels understates how dumb it all came across last week. Jimmy was like, I'm in the bloodline, despite the fact that he rejected a jet from Roman Reigns. Because <laughs> he said that's not it's what very this, environmentally conscious of him. That's not what this is about. And now it is what it's about. Yeah. The most generous take me or Sidgwick could summon on this was he is intentionally playing stupid to fool Paul Heyman in luring back Roman Reigns so that he can, like, take his title or whatever. Never would have Jimmy Uso been close to a title match than the night after SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. And yet he was like, it's not about that. I didn't want you to turn into Roman Reigns. Well, A, you could just have that conversation. Jay, I don't want you to turn into Roman Reigns if you win the title. Okay, Jimmy, I won't. Cool, see you at SummerSlam. <laughs> that would have solved it, right? So he's kind of coming across like a real asshole. <laughs> but when he said, I'm going out there tonight... I'm back in the bloodline. It's cool. Seriously, I love this family again. Blah, blah, blah. Paul Heyman made the call and Solo Sokoa magically appeared. So we were asked to believe that Solo had rode Roman Airways to get back from the Island of Relevancy. He was probably glad of the break of Roman windmill in his dick to go from the <laughs> Island of Relevancy to wherever SmackDown was taped on an airplane to get there in time for the main event. So that was the implication. Paul Heyman's made a call and Roman's gone, all right, all right, Solo, go and keep an eye. Don't help him. Keep an eye. Mm-hmm. And that's that kind of Roman gaslighty. I'm helping you, but I'm also controlling this situation. <sighs> Done it. Seen it. Lived every version of it. Mm. Jimmy Uso was the first guy to be... Uh, it's like the opposite of Chris Jericho. I was kind of the first guy to think Roman was an asshole. Like, uh, <laughs> yes. How are we back here? Yeah. Uh, uh, do you know what? People may assume I'm going to come here and say, everything's fine, actually. It was, it was really good. So, no, you're not going to get any arguments with me <laughs> about the Jimmy Uso storyline. I, I was watching that. I thought I was slowly getting back into it. I'm, I'm going back to work on Tuesday. I'll see what's going on. The hell's happening here? Mm. What is this, right? Having said that, and this is a very different me to me three years ago. Uh, for me, WWE and specifically the Bloodline storyline hasn't let it play out privileges without any sort of, you know, the yeah. It's, it's but a- I do think the Jimmy Uso thing, and I think we are in that bit that when I turn around the night of WrestleMania, and say, see, say, vindication! <laughs> and Cody beats Roman, yeah. and you get the brilliant Jimmy versus Jay match, I think I will conveniently forget September. Well, this because is Because this, this is the dip for me. This is the, the uh, I really wish we could just jump to December right now, or, 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 or November at the bare minimum, so we can do war game stuff. Because right now, they're like, yeah, SummerSlam, Jay Uso fighting Roman Reigns. And I think... To, to get ahead of a point you're going to make, I think had Cody beat Roman, yeah. that wouldn't have worked. Had Cody beat Roman, money in the bank wouldn't have happened. Had Cody beat Roman, would they, and I'm, this is not important to me, but I'm just making a, making the making the acknowledgement of it, 
the insane business that WWE has done in 2023. Does that happen with Cody as champion? Probably. It probably still will. Mm. But I think I was pissed off at the time, but I am more, even more invested, and I have been even more invested in this whole thing, Cody, you get Cody and Brock and that, that saga and what have you, and Roman, just this, just spiraling, basically. I love all that. So I think... I still, I still would have taken Cody beating Roman at that, but I'm still okay with them doing that now because of what's played out. But right now, without question, there is this lull within the Bloodline storyline. We are a living, face-to-face, breathing embodiment of a Twitter row, you and I, having, <laughs> having this conversation. Because the reality is, both of us have enough um, bullets in the chamber but neither of us are prepared to, like, play dead yeah. on it. I said to you, when I was at my most annoyed with the Cody Rhodes thing, on probably our podcast or something, I was like, all right, I will see. But the point of this is that, like, I could see next month or the month after the month after, give it six months, and you'll see yeah. how, like, the damage that this decision will, like, it takes ages, especially when business is booming and businesses continue to boom, and I would say that's as much an argument for you mm-hmm. as it's me, because I think you're right. I think Cody wouldn't have changed things, but we don't know that. We're in this timeline, and it worked. Mm-hmm. So, like, I can't I can't argue with numbers, and there's been a lot of numbers in, in support of the bloodline as a group, and you have to say, like, the only thing with that one, when I've always said, well, all of this storyline could have happened without Roman having the belt, I stand by that, well, people do like to tune in for champions. Yes. So how many of those numbers would have been replicated if this was like Bloodline Civil War as a like a B to mm. Cody defending the battles in A? That is where I can compromise with you. But like a Twitter row, nobody ever will win. No. Because Cody will win the belt at WrestleMania 40. I do believe that. And that's when I will probably be like, yes, he's done it. And even I will like think, well, all right, we got here, so maybe that's fine. But I know in my heart that this was the wrong way around to do it. Like... This crumbling bloodline, I'm not going to start this one, should have been because of Cody, not Cody taking advantage of it, in my opinion, right? But we are where we are now, I think, because the need to continue this is only there because Roman's got the belt over his shoulder. There would not be a need to carry on the bloodline yeah. if Roman wasn't champion. They have, there wasn't, there wasn't a need to continue the NWO and rehash it and redo it, but it had been WCW's golden goose yeah so the motivation yeah. was that's that's where we go there wasn't a need to uh there wasn't a need to turn stone cold steve austin heel just as there wasn't really a need to have him as a baby face again but you kind of do go with stone cold steve austin for as long as possible yeah. because you'd be stupid not to because yeah. he was stone cold steve austin like there are loads of cases there was no need to put the belt on Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 9 when Bret Hart <laughs> was right there. But it had been Hulk Hogan. Yeah. So as an adult, I can at least yeah. be like, I wish he wasn't, but I can see why Vince lent on him. This is how it goes. This is how it goes in wrestling. And I just think, like, what we're in now is a consequence of Cody not winning. Because Roman, I mean, he's only defending the title once. Yeah. So they're not even kind of trying to fake it, really. But because he's the champion, the Bloodline's prestige has to be upheld. And that's, if it was in tatters, which it is, you could basically just say it's in tatters. But you can't because the the top guy in your promotion is at the top of it. Like, when you've got a top guy at the promotion in charge of a stable in tatters, that's Steve Austin leading the alliance, mm. and he's a cartoon. And we'll never know whether or not, as part of this negotiation with, with Endeavor, TKO, UFC, yeah. whatever you want to call it, they went, well, don't don't get rid of Roman. Everything sits still for now. Yeah, like, it's, it, I. that's a really good point. Like, you can't know for definite, like... 
Cody Rhodes on his fantastic documentary, which I really recommend everybody go and watch, yeah. the American Nightmare one. He it was the first time he sat down and admitted it sucked. Like that's a, that was a low. Like Triple H and coming in and saying this is what we're doing. Right, like the he felt what we all felt mm. for it, and you just think, right? Has Triple H been kind of like strong armed into a decision? Uh, this is where I'm. This is where I'm kind of a bit of a, the game Triple H guy. I don't believe Triple H books that. No, I don't believe. Like I don't so believe he gets kicked out, but then comes back wearing a hoodie. And you know. I don't believe plotter extraordinaire Triple H plot that. Yeah, I just don't. Yeah, big like, picture. Build, build to re- re- WrestleMania. It's all gonna happen, and then uh, <laughs> solo in a hoodie costume. Put a jacket on. What? Him. He was kicked out earlier on. Yeah, now he's got a jacket. Right there, now he's wearing a hoodie. Like I don't believe. Yeah. Triple H puts the pieces in place of like having Owens and Zayn and yeah. Cody going out on telly. I, I need you. I will acknowledge that I need you guys, but I've got you, so we're good. Yeah, but you didn't think about somebody wearing a hoodie. Oh no! <laughs> it does feel like you know, like he goes, Sammy and KO for having won the white titles in a fun, fantastic yeah. main event the, the night before. They dispatch the Usos. Solo's been kicked out. Roman's all alone finally, and then one, two, three, crossroads. One, two, three, Cody Rhodes champion. And someone's going in and gone. I like that. Just try. You see, after that third crossroads, just put a little arrow. There <laughs> and right, Solo's and comes back in a hoodie. Aye, it just. But you're see right. You next year, yeah. See you next year. Um, and it's WrestleMania 40, and there is this thing about like uh, Cody's not a cult favorite, right? But he kind of almost has become one as a yeah. result of WrestleMania 39, and it does go, doesn't it? Like Brett Guerrero and Benoit Bryan in this sort of, you know, like I know the, the Benoit one has a shadow over it, but the point of it is like this is where yes. the fans get what they yeah, want. I on get there. You. And uh, like it does feel like that's set for Cody now. And then but think I, the next night, Raw after WrestleMania. <laughs> oh my god. If you tell Cody Rhodes when he's winning the Rumble 2023, welcome back, Cody. The tits fixed. Big Rumble win. We're thinking WrestleMania 40. <laughs> Excuse me. Like that, I, is this I, the time when you forgot that 25 isn't the 25th anniversary? <laughs> yeah. I don't think he loves it. Don't think he loves it. I don't think he goes quite as hard with the rehab of the old broken tit. No. So yeah, like. And that brings us where we are now. And WWE typically, I've been accused of phoning in one of my favorite Chris Jericho stories, and that's not a long list, is uh, when he said, when he was still kind of on terms with... You've not made the list. (laughs) When he was still on terms with Vincent Mann, despite obviously opening himself up to the world of the books and Kenny and New Japan and all that. And he said he'd spoken to Vince about them intending to run all in in September 2018. And... He was, at this point, a kind of secret advisor of all of those guys. And he said, oh, and Vince said, oof, like, that's a that's a dead time for the business. And then, obviously, All In does 10,000 tickets. Yeah. It becomes a time of year that AEW gets taken advantage of because WWE typically phone it in. Like, it's not a dead time for the business. You kind of decide that you stop caring until yes. about November. That's on you. Just don't do that. Like, this time last year was the Sami Zayn t-shirt angle. Like, why? Because that's where the angle was at. The story was hot. Just, just book. Like, yeah. it's just a calendar. Yeah. It's not real. I am, I'm fascinated by it's an alliance. It's not like dark forces at work. Like, I mean, it's, 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 you said to me a few years ago, we're going to have two of the biggest factions in WWE form an evil alliance <laughs> as we head towards war games. I'd have gone, oh, brilliant. Shut up and take my money. We, we've never had, we've not had that for years in WWE. I'm intrigued by it. I'm especially intrigued by that alliance. If you want to factor in Roman Reigns, right? If we say, like, I like the, I love that pitch you've got, by the way. And as convoluted it is, Solo, Jimmy, Finn, Damien, Roman. Oh, okay. Right? right. And there you have both world champions. 
because Damien's cashed in. Oh, all right, after yeah, yeah. Seth had his head kicked in or by not, Shinsuke. Or not, but he could. Like he's so, yeah, he's got the briefcase. Roman eyeballs the purple briefcase <laughs> the first time. Goes away. Like, yeah, yeah, I like that too. So like, I, I think that's where they're going. A super I think group, it's great. Super group of heels versus it's super just group the bit of right versus. now where they're like, when Survivor Series. Also, really weirdly, to that point, when it became clear they were going to like create a bit of a like the big heel factions of Bloodline crumbling, the Judgment Day step in. It was really funny how like Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits just came out slapping fives and like. Big smiles out there, pal. Like the sort of uh, way to kick ass, but in a nice way. Yeah. Like when they debuted, and they were just ripping through losers. Love, love that trio, though. There's also a detail where... Um, and there's just rumours about they're doing more trio stuff as well, isn't it? they got brawling brutes, too. Yeah. Um, I don't know who you'd align with Pretty Deadly, but oh my god. They were hanging out with Austin Theory, weren't they? Yeah, they, they were back. There's a dot com exclusive. They could be coming back soon. They were scouting the tag belts last week. Um, it, it takes. It, it, he's ready to come back, Elton Prince, probably, one yeah. would assume. Because they're doing a lot of, they're going to do their spot, aren't they? Of like, your arm's absolutely fine. Why are you I, still wearing that? You know, he's already done the running out of the wheelchair spot. Genuinely hilarious bit going on at the moment where the reason AJ Styles was alone was because Gallows and Anderson don't want to work. <laughs> like, in this like art imitating life thing. Like, we were like, we told you not to get involved, AJ. God damn it, man. <laughs> like the, and they're just, like the OC of this like um, deadbeat group that don't want uh, help. Like, they don't want to be involved in storylines, but occasionally they get dragged into it. Great bit. Um, you know, who who could rule out Hit Row? Oh, us. So, like, but other than that, it's a fertile ground at the moment is WWE for these teams and stables and groups. Mm. You've got Imperium on Raw. And next week on SmackDown, treading on our own dick somewhat, but I hope there's another tease of it tonight, EO Sky versus Asuka for the title. Oh, my God. Yeah, terrible build. Um <laughs> Terrible title. She snatched the title out of Dakota Kai's hands last week or something. She sure did. Damage guitar was steered. Um, Asuka gives me the creeps. Like, <laughs> uh, rubbish. This is it's a women's divisions in a state. Uh, WWE are best place to fix that and don't seem to want to. Uh, Charlotte Flair. They already fixed it on Raw on Monday. So I mean, the only place they've really fixed it is NXT. Goaded. Um, aye, it's, it's terrible. It's really trivial. But EO Sky and Ask, this is it. This is the Triple H thing. This is the all-in card thing. This is a, l- a bit of a wrestling thing at the moment. That match will probably be good. Give me a finish and I'll have nothing to complain about. But wrestling isn't just about the match, is it? Mm-hmm. It's about the journey and the destination. Can they just shout at each other in Japanese tonight, please? Yes, please. Goes down really well. Uh, I will do like that Ask has had those vignettes. They've also done it for Nakamura. Yeah, they've been great. I will uh, say that. Uh, there was less compromise made for... Um, to force, like, Hispanic speakers into it for around backlash and German backlash. Subtitles are, subtitles are fine. Let people speak confidently mm. and competently. Like, it's amazing that people even learn second languages. My brain, I'm too thick. Like, I've got so much respect for anybody that can speak more than one language. Yeah. I am too dumb. So, like, I wish that that was held up as something to admire in a wrestler rather than, like, mock them because they don't know good old-fashioned American. <laughs> more of that. Um... Two final things. One's a game. Good. Because I've missed this. And you've, you've already given the correct answer, by the way, and it's Cody Rhodes. But who else could they draft? Ah. Uh, maybe a, a legend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But before we get there, something that uh, was a, not a light, because it was it, it sounds it sounds weird. It was one of the happiest times of my life, mm-hmm. uh, having Eric. Um but was a, a real moment of like a twinge of like, oh God, I'd really wish I was back in the office right now. 
when Rey Mysterio, United States champion, oh, yeah. was raised onto the shoulders of one Santos Escobar. I'm going to ask you, could this happen? I should probably just ask, when is it going to happen? But could Santos Escobar betray Rey Mysterio? Peek behind the curtain here. We, I don't know how much you were keeping, you know, we got quite a few tweets about that specific moment. Yes. At, uh, payback, I believe it was, mm-hmm. when Ray retained. Um, before those tweets came in, in the middle of the night, obviously you because of Eric, me because of the, just love the goddamn Fed, in the middle of the night we're sharing our joy over this image. Like, I think I sent you the screenshot yeah. of my laptop. Like, I was too excited to, like, actually take a problem. I just took a picture of my phone. Well, well because, look at this. Because I hadn't watched it, I wasn't sure if he'd actually done it in that moment as well. I was like, like what's going on? Drop everything. Not your baby, but drop everything else. <laughs> Check this out. That was amazing. He put him on his shoulders, Wilborn. Like, people, I don't know, like, if how many long-term listeners we've got, how many new listeners we've got. Uh, me and Wilborn kind of, like... <laughs> We, kind of the first guy. It only came up once. We're kind of the first guys to fantasy book a spot in which Dominic, nobody will have heard us mention this before, where Dominic Mysterio, having done this in 2019, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when Rey Mysterio won the US title, put him on his shoulders to celebrate. Like, that's interesting if they ever split up. Mm. And then we kind of never mentioned it for like three years. <laughs> and, then, and then Dominic Mysterio turned on his dad. And we continued to not mention this. We kept, we kept really quiet about this. Yeah. We kept this idea in our back pocket that maybe they should re- like go back to that, revisit that, mm-hmm. and that could be the turn. He kicked him in. He kicked Edge in the bollocks in the end, didn't he? He lost his shoe. He lost his. Best. He lost his shoe up Edge's gooch. Like <laughs> that was pretty good. But like, so that was uh, again. We didn't never really like to talk about it, but we kind of kept that one in our back pocket. Uh-huh. I'm here today to reveal to the listeners, right, that I think it's time to share the idea. We think you sitting down. Yeah. We think that Santos should put Edge. Uh, Edge should put, uh, why not, put Rey Mysterio on his shoulders, carry him up the ramp, having celebrated another United States title victory, and then electric chair him. Yes! I, I'm sorry, listeners probably weren't ready for that, right? But yeah, we think he should electric chair him on the ramp. I just think it would be a really good spot. I just it, It's going to happen. and It is going to happen, isn't it? It's going to happen this time. It's going to be so good. Because it's all completely justified. I'm putting a request out there now. It's a bad now. thing to do. He's a git for doing it. Yeah. But he is completely justified in his own mind. I'm putting this out there now. Please, somebody, like, the day, whenever this happens, we've got very talented listeners who can do things with, like, video editing that I couldn't dream of doing. Find the video of the, was it the Box Park or the White Hart Lane points in the air bit that where Dave Meltzer got fooled by, was it um, Okada taking the pants off to reveal that he was back in the shorts at <laughs> Wrestle Kingdom when he fought Jay White? And he's like, look at this bar reacting to Okada revealing that the shorts are back. Pints in the air. Please, when this turn happens with the electric chair, yeah. pints in the air. Like, Or that one where I think it was the old clip was, uh, was it Storage scoring against Wales? Maybe, oh, the yeah. The infamous one where, uh, the best one I've seen with that is where it's Is that the, really missed? It's the... What was, it? what was the what was the one where we England didn't score against Italy, but it looked in? Oh, so the points went up. The points went up, and then oh. no, the 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 England Wales one because we're better than them, obviously. Um, oh, shout out Andrew Pollard. Um, was the was that that story's last minute scores mm. points go everywhere. Now, the best one I've seen of that is the uh, version where it's the DVD home video logo and it hits the bottom bottom, bottom <laughs> the corner of the sign at the same time. And then that maybe you're going to go and watch the office version oh God, of that. Good version. Yeah, that electric chair. I don't know, it's just going to mean a lot. Yeah. It? It's just going to mean a lot when the electric chair's more. It's a good story as well. Looking yeah. forward to that turn.
Right, before we uh, finish up. It's time to play the game! Jay Uso has gone in one direction, mm-hmm. but Michael Hamflet, <gasps> which should be Cody Rhodes. Yeah. And if it's not Cody Rhodes, it could be someone like Jay Cargill. Shout out to Simon Miller, who I apologise to as well, because I said, Hamflet had a really good idea. Because he <laughs> told me about it just before I went in the studio, and my brain's not working yet. Yeah, you've seen Simon Miller's latest promo. <laughs> I could kick my ass. Oh, yeah. Go and check that out on his Twitter. Yeah, he's retweeted, yeah. Simon Miller 316. Um, but if it's not, maybe they just decide, um, let's get a legend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. I have the uh, WWE alumni page open in front of me. I'm scrolling through it. Tell me when to stop. Give me a number between uh, one and four. And we are doing the Pro Evo rules, of course. Stick or twist. Oh, yeah. It's fun, that. Stop. Three. Okay. I don't know how we, what we're doing with this. Uh, I mean, you can stick or twist. I mean, you kind of have to twist. Right. It's unfortunately, it's the legend that is Dusty Rhodes. Oh, so we're talking like the ghost of... So maybe that is a hint that it could be Cody. Yeah. Or like Grayson Waller's really spooked by the ghost. Yeah. We, well, hang on. Right. Forget the game. If we're allowed ghosts of professional wrestlers, I'll just take Cody Rabushi. Okay. Uh, right. No, yeah. I'm going through again. Yeah. Um, actually, that would be quite a good reveal, couldn't it? Because like Grayson Waller says, I've had a statue made of myself. And then they pull the thing off, and it's the dusty one from the Hall of Fame. And then yeah. it's how Cody comes in. Right, uh, stop. Two. Okay. I love him. Okay. Tyler Breeze. Uh, I'm going to twist. Oh, have we ever had this? Oh, I'm going to twist. You know, risk it all. I'm stuck with number three now, aren't I? So, the person drafted to Friday Night Smackdown filling the Jey Uso-shaped hole is... Stop. Four. Lacey Evans. Oh, great, yeah. She's back. Yeah. <laughs> Done it. Yeah, that's fine. Nobody will see it coming. No. First one released in a while. So, yep. Lacey Evans it is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Another dub for the game. <laughs> right, let us know your thoughts ahead of SmackDown tonight on uh, at What Culture WWE. Actually, they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at Michael Hamflet. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, uh, for daily wrestling podcasts. Myself and Cedric will be here to preview AW Collision a little bit later on. And then you've got Wrestle Culture with hashtag Bloody Good Quiz coming your way as well. But for now, this has been the SmackDown preview. My thanks to Michael Hamflet. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.